the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I am your host, Chris Macy. And I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, today we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now, <clears throat> we're picking up where I had left off. This was back in May, and um, I did not get back into 1 Peter in June because I w- we had the, what was that, the, 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 the Copper Basin Bible Camp. We... My wife and I and our children, we went on vacation. We got home. We got sick with COVID. And I was just unable to get back to it. But now, today, and Lord willing, in the future, we're going to finish out First Peter. And we're here in First Peter chapter 3. And we're going to title this one, God's Marriage Instructions. God's Marriage Instructions. <clears throat> Excuse me for the cough. I've got a bit of that COVID cough. But we're going to start here. Talking about God creating us male and female. And he created us male and female for a purpose for marriage. When he created us for marriage, he designed us to play certain roles in marriage, which only makes sense. Anytime you put a group or a pair or anyone together, there has to be a role. Could you imagine how well any unit, no matter how small, even like a small platoon or a squad, if everybody was the leader and everyone made the decision of what they're going to do, it'd be total chaos. So there has to be roles assigned. And we must admit, when we look at the the male and female marriage, it's not easy. It requires a lot of effort and adjustment. And thankfully, God has given us marriage instructions here in his word. And in addition to that, God also gave us the ability to put his instructions into action through dying of self and living for Christ. So let's take a look, First Peter, and see what instructions God has given us for husbands and wives. No matter what your marital status may be, all of us can learn something from this discussion. <coughs> and hopefully I don't cough through the whole thing. We're going to begin here with wives. And so 1 Peter 3, verses 1 and 2, Peter writes, In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. So in the same way, that refers us back to the overall context of the previous verses. Peter has been addressing the behaviors and attitudes for Christians with regard to submission. 
He dealt with our submission to civil authorities, to those who have authority over us in the workplace. And then Peter pointed to Jesus, who submitted himself to his heavenly Father. Even though that submission resulted in suffering, Jesus has left us this example to follow. Now, Peter seeks to show how the issue of submission is critical in the family, beginning with the submission of a wife to her husband. Now, twice in this paragraph, Peter reminded Christian wives that they were to be submissive to their husbands. He does it in verse 1, and he'll do it again in verse 5. Now, I mentioned, and this was in the previous lesson way back in May, it was one on the blessings of submission, that the word translated submit is a compound verb, and it means to order under. It's a military expression. It literally means to arrange in formation under the commander. Submission is simply the recognition of God's authority in our lives and ordering ourselves under God's will. Submission does not imply some kind of moral or intellectual or spiritual inferiority or anything like that in the family, workplace, or even in society. But it is God's design for roles necessary to humankind's well-being. Along the same line, a commanding officer is not necessarily superior in character to the troops under him or her, but his or her authority is vital to the proper functioning of the unit. Even Jesus submitted himself to the Father, but in no way was inferior to the Father. There is nothing degrading about submitting to authority or accepting God's order. Matter of fact, it is the first step toward real fulfillment. God has ordained that the husband is to be the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. Ephesians 5.23 Headship is not dictatorship, as we will see in a few moments. When we get to Peter's instruction for husbands, headship is the loving exercise of divine authority under the lordship of Christ. And Peter added an important element to the issue of Christian wives' submission uh, to their husbands. M- you know, m- many Christian wives must have been wondering what to do regarding their unbelieving husbands. Should they stay with their non-Christian husbands? Should they submit to them or not? Paul answered the question about whether to stay with their unbelieving husbands in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And just so you know, the answer was, yes, stay. Peter answered the question by telling them that they can have an evangelistic effect on the unbelieving husband without a word. Without a word. It doesn't refer to the word of God. It's talking about the wife's spoken words here. There is a, a, a radio preacher, an old story uh, of a woman, or he told an old story of a woman who brought her unbelieving husband to the worship service every Sunday, hoping he would give his life over to Christ. When the husband did not respond on a Sunday, she would sit at the breakfast table on Monday morning, weeping and telling him how she wished he'd become a Christian. Every evening, when he would return from work, She would tearfully preach to him some more. 
So the preacher thought to himself, how would you like to have dinner every evening and breakfast every morning with a weeping and preaching wife? So the preacher suggested that the woman take a one-year moratorium from weeping and preaching to her husband about the Lord. She was really surprised and asked, don't you want me to witness, she said to her husband. Oh, yes. I want you to do this, uh, said the preacher, but I want you to start preaching a wordless sermon. Now, we've all heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words, and they really do. The woman agreed to give his method a try, and the preacher and the wife were both surprised. Within six months, the man became a Christian. Now, it doesn't always work out so nicely or quickly. I can guarantee you that Rarely will a husband be won to Christ by a wife who regularly pushes and preaches and nags at him. A lovely, gracious, and submissive attitude is the most effective evangelistic tool believing wives have. <coughs> now, Peter continues, verses 3 through 6, with his instructions to the wives. He writes, Your adornment must not be merely external braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. So, in these verses, we see Peter encouraging Christian wives not to major in external decoration, but to focus on the internal character. Now, sadly, we live in a world that is obsessed with looks. And uh, we Christians often allow the world to press us into this this kind of mold. We, men, husbands, fathers, boyfriends, whatever, we don't communicate the right kinds of things to our women in our lives. We don't communicate strongly and clearly enough that we value the real beauty of a person's heart and soul and character. We must learn to recognize and value that truth. Glamour, artificial and external. True beauty is real and internal. Glamour is something a person can put on and take off. But real, true beauty is always present. Glamour, corruptible. It decays. It fades. It goes away. True beauty from the heart grows more wonderful as the years pass by. Think about Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So, is Peter saying that Christian women should never dress up, never wear makeup, and never wear jewelry? Well, there are some Christian groups who take that kind of approach. They teach that Christian women should wear ugly, plain clothing, and never do anything that make themselves look nice. Well, I don't think that's what Peter is trying to say. He does not mean that a Christian woman should neglect herself and never try to look her best. 
Peter is trying to communicate that outward adornment and physical things should not be what is most important, especially not for the Christian wives who are trying to convert their husbands. It is very easy for all of us to allow our outer beauty to become our primary focus. Christians should avoid excesses in this area. And did you notice what God considers the best-dressed woman to look like? 1 Peter 3, 4, Let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Oh, that all of us men and women, boys and girls, would learn this lesson so that we might value ourselves and each other in the right way and that we might be sure to be working on the right kinds of things. Now, Peter closed this section by pointing to Sarah as an example of godly submiss- uh, of a godly submissive wife. Christian wives today would probably embarrass their husbands if they called them Lord. And Christian husbands shouldn't be looking to be called Lord. But the attitude of love and respect behind the words of Sarah should certainly be present. The believing wife who submits to Christ and to her husband and who cultivates a gentle and quiet spirit will never have to be afraid because she will be living inside of God's will and will receive his, God's, blessings. Um, can you, I mean, really, could you imagine that? Uh, I, I try to think about it with myself. If I wanted Jenny, my wife, to call me Lord, and we're out and about, and we're at the, uh, you know, some restaurant, and she looks over and says, my Lord, what would you like to eat? <laughs> I would be embarrassed. Uh, I don't ever call me Lord. That just sounds weird. It's not within our culture. I do want her to respect me, though. And that's what that's talking about. Respect. I would like to be respected. Uh, I do a lot of things. I do what I can to provide for our home. And so I expect some respect from, from her. But she also expects respect from me. That I ought to treat her a certain way. And that's the next part of Peter's uh, words here. God's instructions for husbands. Um what does God have to say to us men? You know, it's interesting, uh, isn't it, that Peter spends six verses on the wise, but he only gives one verse to the husbands. Is that because the wives have more to correct, or that the husbands need it to be kept simple? Something to think about. Paul's parallel passage in Ephesians 5 is helpful and interesting to study alongside this passage. And in that passage, Paul gives three verses to the wives and eight verses to the husband. Interesting. Well, (coughs) come back to 1 Peter 3. What instructions did Peter give to the husbands? Look at verse 7. You husbands, in the same way, Live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman. And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. So there it is, right off the bat in the beginning. In the same way, our role as husbands is to be carried out in submission to God, just like wives 
just like the slaves and citizens, we are to be in submission to God and to those in authority over us. The one word that summarizes what Peter has to say to husbands about their relationship with their wife is consideration. The New American Standard translates the word consideration as live with your wives in an understanding way. Because we are to be the head of our wives and to love them as Christ loved the church, as Paul tells us in Ephesians, then we must be sensitive and consider our wives' deepest physical and emotional needs. A Christian husband must know and understand his wife's moods, her feelings, her needs, her fears, her hopes, and her dreams. That means we need to learn to listen with our ears and our hearts. We need to take note in our mind these things. We have to do this. We must know these things. And it's not something you're going to just pick up in a couple of days. It takes a lifetime. You keep working at it, and you don't forget. It's a lot of work, but that's our job. Peter said that this consideration includes a respect for our wives that recognizes two things. Number one, we must recognize that they are the weaker partner. This does not mean that they are weaker morally, spiritually, or intellectually. This weakness has to do with both her physical strength and her emotional makeup. This weakness is like the fragile nature of fine china. We should handle our wives like an expensive, beautiful, fragile vase. Be careful. Many, many men never come to understand how the harshness and inconsideration they have destroys their wives and their marriage. That phrase, someone weaker, is literally weaker vessel, meaning the physical body that holds the spirit. Second, you know what, actually wait a second. Now, weaker. Now, I think it is emotionally in that, that, that it's easier, I think, to tear down a woman than it is to tear down a man, mentally. But I also believe, and I can prove this through science, that they are weaker physically. If you don't believe me, look at the transgender movement in our world right now. You have that that boy who be said he identifies as a girl so he could compete in the women's swimming and he was like in the hundreds so low in the men's for qualifying for anything he was terrible one of the worst swimmers when he uh joined the women's side he beat them all and came in first place that guy did unbelievable now uh now you got this man who is uh, competing in women's uh what is that lifting weightlifting you know and he's You know, beat them all. He blew them away and set a world record. Well, of course, he's a man. Men are stronger physically. All right, Uh, I spent too much time on that. Number two. So first, we recognize that they are the weaker partner. Not morally, spiritually, or intellectually. Nothing like that. Second, we must recognize that they are our co-heirs with us of salvation. Our wives are our spiritual partners and equals. God rewards and blesses eternally, or his rewards and blessings eternally will be shared alike, in spite of the fact 
that we husbands might be called on to be the head of our wives and the leaders in our homes, we are in no way superior to our wives in this world or in the next. Our wives must never be treated as inferior as so many other cultures do in this world. We, they should be treated with consideration and respect and honor. There are, there are many important reasons for husbands to obey the Lord and to treat our wives appropriately. But Peter only mentions one, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Look at that again. Verse, first, I want to read the whole verse 7. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Why, Peter? So that your prayers will not be hindered. There, the very last line of verse 7. So that your prayers will not be hindered. How a man treats his wife is a spiritual matter between the man and God. When a husband mistreats his wife, his fellowship with the Lord is broken. His prayers are powerless. Can you think of many more serious divine threats that can be given than the interruption of the promise of prayers being heard and answered? The threat by God to shut off his divine blessings shows us just how critical it is for the Christian husband to be lovingly considerate and respectful of his wife. If he is not, no, I'm not going to listen to your prayers. Father, will you forgive me for my sins? I don't even hear you. So no forgiveness. No. <laughs> that's, that's what he's saying. Because when we sin, how do we deal with that? Well, we, we turn from it and we, we pray for forgiveness. But if God doesn't hear your prayers, then what? Then what? Men, it's a serious business being the head of the family. You better do it right. All right. Let's start to wrap this up. There's a, a story, another story, told of a preacher who visited a fourth grade Sunday school class. He wanted to teach about marriage. So he asked the class of children, what does God say about marriage? Immediately one boy replied, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> no, there are many other important things that God has said about marriage. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They become one flesh. Together, one. Not he's up here and she's way down here. They're one flesh. God tells us in Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. And we have learned today that God instructs husbands to love their wives with consideration and respect and for wives to submit to their husbands. If husbands and wives will trust and obey the Lord's instructions, then they will have an enriching experience in marriage. If not, then they will miss God's best and rob each other of many blessings. No matter how bad a marriage has been, it can get better. 
How can I say that emphatically enough? God created marriage, and God wants to bless us through marriage. It all begins with one person deciding to honor and obey God. We don't have to wait for both of us to be on the same page. We don't have to wait for both of us to decide to change. Change begins to, to take place when one of the members of the couple begins to change with God's help. My job is not to change you, but to change me. When I allow God to change me, then I allow God to begin to change our marriage. Husbands, will you trust and obey God's instructions for you? Wives, will you trust and obey God's instructions for you? God can do amazingly wonderful things when we submit ourselves to Him. Trust and obey. And that's the lesson. I hope you take it to heart. I hope you maul over this, chew on it for a while, sleep on it, and and really, you know, t- examine your lives. Take take a close look at that. And as we begin to wrap this up, I want to encourage you to come to our website for the North Valley Congregation. It's nvcoc.net. nvcoc.net. And on our front page, you'll notice that uh, we have a, a live uh, video section for our Wednesday nights and our Sunday services. And I'm going to be actually changing. I want to get rid of that that part where you can actually watch the live video on our website. I want to have a link that takes you straight over to YouTube. We've, we've had some issues with that in the past on it working on the website. So I don't want to have that anymore. And I'm also going to start something new. It's going to start on Labor Day weekend, I know, but that's just the day I picked. Uh, September the 4th, starting at 7 p.m., I'm going to do a Bible study on the YouTube channel. And so it's a video. I'll be up at the podium, and I'm going to do a quick little lesson on uh, the New Testament church as we see it in the book of Acts. And then we're going to have, I'm going to open it up to questions. I'm going to have a chat feature available where you can type in questions and submit those questions to the chat, and I'll be able to see them, and I will answer as many of those questions as I can. Uh, so I, I hope, if you're interested in that, that you'll write down that date, September the 4th, 7 p.m. You can go to our YouTube channel or go to our our, our, uh, our uh, web address, www.nvcoc.net, and then you'll see that YouTube link. I'll take you over there and get you all set up. And we have many other things that we're going to be putting together and videos that we're going to be putting together for this. And I hope it works out well. Please pray for it. I will be praying for it, that it goes well. May the Lord bless you. May he bless your day. And may you continue in his word forever. Let us redeem the time, right? Thank you. And God bless. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. To hear this program again, go to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com and click on the podcast page and find this program and many others right there on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.